Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we frequently have guests on who talk about business subjects, as in how to get SBA loans, how to do your website, how to do social media. But to me, your head and your mental attitude is the most critical part of being successful in business. Because if we're not right in our heart and in our head and, and um, in our heads, and I did the gesture backwards, um, it's it, it, we aren't going to be successful, truly successful in business. And so please join me in welcoming our guest today. So hi, Sally Wagner. How are you doing today? Fabulous. Thank you for inviting me today. Great, great. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we'll dive into this. So Sally Wagner is a number one international best-selling author, sought-after speaker, what's next strategist, and life alchemist. As a life alchemist, Sally's powerful transformational tools include emotional freedom techniques, evolved neuro-linguistic programming, and trauma-aware modalities to launch clients into action for rapid concrete results. Clients reclaim the power of conscious choice in their lives and discover and live the life that makes them come alive. Sally is also a lawyer and a real estate broker. She spends the majority of her law career in the corporate world. In addition to her other business initiatives, she is currently providing broker and contract compliance services to real estate brokerages. She also owns and operates a real estate school. And I'm not exactly sure when you sleep, but again, Sally, welcome to our program. Thank you so much. Great. Well, you do have a very wide and varied background. So tell us how it is that you got to where you are today and how you discovered that, for now at least, what your passions are. Yeah. So I took the scenic route. <laughs> it wasn't a direct way. And, uh, you know, many years ago when I was in college, I uh, started in physics, ended up in theology. So it was kind of physics to metaphysics. And that was going to be the trajectory okay. uh, to become a professor and all those fabulous things. And then I got distracted. I went to law school. I did all those things that we're mm -hmm. supposed to do. Uh, and somewhere along the way, I ended up starting a couple of businesses mm -hmm. and, and I still had that, is this all there is that right. successful mm -hmm. discontent feeling, mm -hmm. you know? And so I, I reconnected with the other side of things okay. that I wanted to do in mm -hmm. terms of helping people and coaching. And mm -hmm. I had worked with people with EFT, emotional freedom mm -hmm. techniques for about 16 years. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, I love that. And as I'm working with people in real estate and building their businesses, I see that a lot of what's holding them back is limiting belief mm -hmm. and limiting decisions based right. on that limiting mm -hmm. belief. And, and that's what the life coaching does. Mm -hmm. It addresses those kinds mm -hmm. of beliefs 
those that, nasty little voices in our head. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I call it the snarky six-year-old, mm-hmm. you know. You so can't do can, that. Yeah. We, <laughs> we have all these fabulous goals and affirmations, right? It, you know, and then we have the snarky six-year-old who's going, yeah, you wish. Uh, <laughs> what are you smoking? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. in your dreams, all those kinds of messages that right. we tell ourselves. And, and so, I just added to the skills with the Mm -hmm. EFT, the NLP, the Mm -hmm. trauma aware uh, to really be able to address people Mm -hmm. and those beliefs that are holding them back. Right. Right. You know, I think that in the last couple of years, you know, obviously people have really been doing a lot of deep thought about their careers, you know, when, and, and, I, I'm going to say that COVID was trauma, you know, to, to everybody, you know, yes, whether you absolutely. got it or not. I mean, it was just this whole big thing that happened, you know, especially because we went to work on Friday and on Monday we were home. Yeah. Um, and you might have, you know, 2.5 kids underfoot, you know, uh, and, and a spouse, a partner, you know, all sorts of things. And we didn't know what was going to happen. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things of trauma is we just don't know, you know, and, and, and in many cases, we didn't do anything to cause it. So talk about the last couple of years and how you think people are really dealing with this. It absolutely is trauma. And uh, I have a daughter-in-law who is a child therapist. She works with children and, you know, older oh, gosh. as well. Mm-hmm. And when this hit uh, two plus years ago, I, I asked her, I was like, this is PTSD, right? right. And she said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and people do have that trauma and, and it's, it's trauma, it's grief, it's all kinds of things. We've lost expectations for how life ought to be, mm-hmm. right? And, and as you say, nothing that we did, it just happened to mm-hmm. all of us. It's a collective trauma mm-hmm. and we see it playing out. Uh, on the world stage, we see it in the statistics about drug abuse and suicide and all kinds of things that are happening in the mm-hmm. world and, and children being held back with mm-hmm. learning and they're not on, on the milestones and it, it, it's trauma. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think for the, the large majority of people, it's not being addressed. Right. Right. You know, and, and of course, it doesn't help that we still don't exactly know what's going to happen. Um, right. You know, yeah. I love it. Every once in a while, somebody will still say, I can't wait for it to get back to normal. It's not <laughs> going to be like January of 2020, no right. matter what, um, you know, whether it's that we got used to working from home or doing all of our networking online or, you know, all of these various things. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go back to January of 2020. Um, yeah. You know, we, we might have some of that back. And I think we, we already do. And, and we're getting more of that. But yeah, I mean, the uncertainty is still there. Yes. Yeah. And and we don't deal well with uncertainty. Right. right? We, mm-hmm. we want yeah, Even that. if it's bad news. Okay. We can deal with bad news. Yeah. It's this. Uh, <laughs> that we right. don't deal with. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Just tell me, <laughs> you know, doesn't matter what it is. Just tell me. And, and then I know. Right. Um, so it's that not knowing mm-hmm. that uncertainty that is very unsettling for mm-hmm. us. And uh, you know, we can all be very mature and enlightened and say, oh, it's an opportunity to rethink all of these things. And yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. However, we can't discount those feelings of trauma and loss and grief that people are still 
dealing with. Mm -hmm. Right. So Sally, if somebody comes to you and they're in this, (laughs) walk us through, you know, things that you would do to help them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to kind of add on to the other, I mean, it's, it's not just this uh, ephemeral amorphous sense Mm -hmm. of grief and loss. A lot of us have actually lost. Right. Truly lost people, lost lost businesses, lost, you know, all sorts of things. Exactly. So there, I mean, there's real loss. They're not just, and I'm not minimizing the other sense of loss, but Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, we've lost people Mm -hmm. and we've lost Mm -hmm. businesses and homes and all Mm -hmm. kinds of things, you know, so the loss is real. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the, the first thing um, is it, you know, let's just kind of do an assessment of where you are, what's going on. uh, What are the, limiting beliefs that you're telling yourself about the situation. Uh, Because it's, it's in many instances, it's not what we don't know that holds us back. It's what we do know. That's not true. That holds Mm -hmm. us back. And so we want to be able to identify some of those things. And so that would start with uh, a conversation. And uh, many times I, I teasingly call it a spot treatment, you know, where uh, we do maybe a a half hour session with EFT or NLP to really address the immediate need uh, so that people are in a a better place to be able to consider all those things that they need to consider. Mm -hmm. So that would be a first step. Right. You know, and I think we've got to get it through to people that there's nothing wrong or bad about having these feelings, yeah. um, you know, and, yeah. and, and saying, you know what, I need a little bit of help is okay. Yes. And I think sometimes the reluctance is this, this sense of, well, at least it wasn't as bad for me as it was for them. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a contest, right? right? We're, we're not uh, seeing who has the most loss and the most grief mm-hmm. and the most pain. Mm-hmm. Our pain is real. Our loss is real. And it it does no good to minimize it by comparing it to somebody else who may Mm -hmm. have a a worse or a different Mm -hmm. situation. Uh, And so that's one of the first steps to just let yourself feel what the loss and the grief may be. Right. Yeah. and, And we can certainly feel all of that from a distance. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about, unfortunately, all of the recent shootings that have happened. Right. Um, You know, I think everyone to, to some degree, you know, feels empathy for the situation, you know, and, and, you know, we feel bad for the parents. We feel bad for the survivors, all of those. And, you know, it, it was funny. I saw something on Facebook the other day where somebody posted and they said, I look forward to the days where a flag is not at half mast indicating that there'd been a shooting. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, that's just, that's, that's horrible. And unfortunately that's kind of the way it is today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I I think it's uh, because of this collective trauma that we're seeing Mm -hmm. played out and people don't know how to handle it. And and we're not providing the tools Mm -hmm. that people need to deal with it Mm -hmm. in an effective way. Uh, you know, we're, we're just, uh, and I guess this is um, kind of how we just are, <laughs> you know, we think, oh, just give it time and mm-hmm. it'll be okay. Time doesn't heal. Right. Uh, it, you know, we can't just wait it out. Mm-hmm. It's how we use time that either heals or doesn't heal. 
Right. Well, and time doesn't heal if things keep repeating. Exactly. Um, you know, whether it's, okay, we have COVID number whatever now. I saw something the yeah. other day that said we have COVID-22. I'm mm-hmm. like, really? What happened to, to 20 and 21? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, and, and then we've got monkeypox. Oi, you know, that just, um, you know, and, and just all of those things. I mean, it's, it, it is yeah. life. You know, we're not going to go through in, in these rosy bubbles of, oh, everything's hunky-dory. Right. Yeah. But it's, it is knowing how to deal with things like this. Yes, absolutely. Um, because you're right. We can't just, uh, you know, we're not like Peter Pan, just think happy thoughts and it'll all be okay, right? That's not how it works. Uh, and, it, you know, not to cast shade on on life coaching because mm-hmm. I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, mindset is not just affirmations and happy thoughts. Right. There's a lot of hard work that goes into mm-hmm. it. And, and that would include tools like EFT and NLP that can mm-hmm. really help us get things down to a manageable level so that we're able to respond to circumstances mm-hmm. rather than react. Right. Yeah. And, and a big part of it really is that acceptance part. Yeah. It's okay to feel bad. It's okay to, you know, to, to be traumatized, you know, yes. all of these various things, but to not wallow in it. Um, you know, it's it, you and I didn't have a chance to, to chat before the program, but I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2015. If it could go wrong, it did. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just been kind of one of those things. And, you know, and, and people are like, oh, and I'm actually still in treatment. I mean, you know, this was six years ago and, you know, all sorts of things. And I've had multiple surgeries. And, and like I said, if it could go wrong, it did mm-hmm. and people are like oh you're still so happy and bubbly it, it, that's the persona that i put out there but i still have bad days i have pity parties and i tell people it's okay to do that yes. you just don't want to get stuck there right absolutely yeah we we don't want to be in that victim mentality however acknowledging the grief and the pain is not being a victim right, right. that's part of the process mm-hmm. and i absolutely love what you said about a pity party mm-hmm. do that everybody schedule it put it on your calendar you know and whether it's uh, an hour or two or three or three weeks, whatever it is, allow yourself that time because that's an important part. You, you have to express that emotion. We can't just pretend it's not there. Right, right. You know, and, and I find that sometimes some of the absolute strangest things will bring me to tears. Yeah. And, and I know it's not okay, you know, oh, wasn't this, a, a, you know, this sad commercial on TV? No, it was just something that my brain all of a sudden went, okay, enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the thing, you know, when we're not dealing with it, and sometimes even when we are, uh, it's going to leak out <laughs> in ways right. uh-huh. that, that seem odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we have these triggers and and whatever it is, a thought, a sound, a smell, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember uh, my first husband passed away almost 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that first year, oh, how difficult, mm-hmm. you know, and and smelling his uh, cologne, his aftershave was right. devastating. Mm-hmm. It was like, don't open the bottle, you mm-hmm. know. Or if so, somebody walked by you yeah. and smelled like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's normal. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and I, I think in previous generations, perhaps previous times, mm-hmm. um, we were better about dealing it with it. You, you know, in the old days and, and still in Europe, some places they um, will wear the black armbands to indicate that they're in mourning. Right. Uh, it, you know, and so the tradition mm-hmm. was wear it at least a year mm-hmm. while you're in mourning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we expect it to be instantaneous. Right. You know, as somebody said to me after a couple of weeks after my mother had passed, mm-hmm. "Oh, you're still sad? Yeah, well, what's yeah, wrong with you?" Sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was sad, of course. Uh, and yet, there's this expectation that we should just get on with life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and so we do. We put on those brave fronts. And break down at the weirdest times. You know, we yell at the person at Chick-fil-A or, you know, we cry, you know, when a little kid goes by, you know, anything and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because we, we're not processing it in, in a, I hate to say methodical, but kind of a, you know, a a systematic way. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to come out at weird times and in weird ways. Right. And as you said, sometimes years later, um, you know, I remember my father who passed away several years ago. He fought in World War II. And now he wouldn't talk about it to me because I'm a girl and you don't talk about (laughs) stuff like that to women. But I remember one time he had this very odd look on his face. And and I said, what? And and I, you know, I, I could there was nothing that. I, you know, it wasn't like something happened and I thought, you know, um, he, he was a, a tank sergeant and his battalion was one of the first ones into one of the big concentration camps to, wow. to liberate. And so the, it, it, and what had happened was whatever he had smelled triggered that odor memory and, you know, and, and it, you know, and, and it really was, he said, you know, this was what, 40 years later, probably, he said, that is something that never will go away. Yeah, uh, th- those uh, smells, mm-hmm. the, 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 you know, the fragrances right. are mm-hmm. so powerful. Right. Uh, but good things, too. Story. I mean, you know, yeah. like when we hear yeah. a song yeah. right. that, that we remember, right? You know, yeah. and, and so, yeah. and that's just part of how we survive in the world is, you know, those, and, and we can't of course. tamp those things down. Right. Right. And, and so that's why, it, you know, we have those triggers, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of triggers. Right. And that's where things like EFT and NLP mm-hmm. can come in handy. They right. can kind of take the edge off the trigger. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make it go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you're never going to be happy about loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still going to be a loss. Right. And there's still going to be pain there. Mm-hmm. And yet, we can, as I said, bring it to a manageable level mm-hmm. so that we're able to respond. Right. Well, and part of that is then in remembering the good things. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, a divorce might be you know, a, a situation where, you know, it was mm-hmm. you, you're remembering how bad it was at the end. But, you know, at some point it was good or you probably didn't yeah. get married. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and so, you know, you, you it's OK to remember those, too. And you're not betraying anything either i think that's right. sometimes what people think is you know i'm i'm betraying this and, and same thing mm-hmm. goes with like job losses and and all of those yeah. you know it's all it, it brings weird emotional things in mm-hmm. and and job loss is a big thing and um it, you know because i think a lot of people have experienced that and mm-hmm. it it is a grief process mm-hmm. because you lose part of your identity you don't right. know who you are anymore mm-hmm. 
maybe because, you know, you mm-hmm. think about you had that support network at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you had your work friends, your all of that mm-hmm. uh, tied up with your identity. Mm-hmm. Same, you know, when you're in a relationship and it mm-hmm. ends, whether by death or mm-hmm. divorce or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and we lose part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so that rebuilding process is mm-hmm. to rediscover who mm-hmm. you are, rebuild who you are. And as you were saying, remember the good things, honor the good things about that person Mm -hmm. um, so that you're not, you're not betraying them. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, you're honoring their memory because when you remember the good qualities about them or about the situation, Mm -hmm. then you're able to express them in your own life and and what better way to honor them than by living Mm -hmm. out those good qualities. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and you know, I, I think about women, you know, who, who say, I'm, I just, I pick, I pick, I'm bad at picking men. You know, I, I always pick a bad partner, all, you know, and, and all of those negatives that, that come right. into it. I mean, you, you know, the, again, I think, you know, there is something positive about them, you know, and maybe yeah. it was just, you liked how they looked in a pair of jeans. I mean, <laughs> you know? um, but there was something that was there. It's not that you're a bad judge of character. Right. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, I would imagine, you know, that, that you work with people to show them, okay, now here's, here's the good. Let's mm-hmm. continue that. You know, what are those good traits? Let's, you know, right. let's, let's carry those forward. Yeah, exactly. Let's extract what the, the good characteristics mm-hmm. are that that you are looking for and let's figure out if there's a i call it a mind app paradigm you know because we all know what apps do on our phones right. <laughs> so we have the, i imagine we have the same kind of thing running in our subconscious mind and so those mind apps get triggered mm-hmm. telling us you know look for a certain kind of person well where did that app come from where did that programming come from so right. maybe we can dissect it a little mm-hmm. bit and tweak it mm-hmm. so that as we move forward, we're making different decisions mm-hmm. about the kind of person we right. want to attract. Right. You know, and and we we all have the woulda, coulda, shouldas. You yeah. know that, and 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 so how do we get past focusing on regret to really be looking forward? Yeah, uh, and when we're in trauma. And uh, all of those things that we've been talking about, it's really hard because there's so much regret there, Mm -hmm. you know, that all those if onlys, if only I'd done this, if Mm -hmm. only I hadn't done that. But the trauma and the regret keep us looking in the rearview mirror. Mm -hmm. Um, The way I I know, I love the analogy of the rearview mirror is little. Yeah. Windshield is huge. Yes. And and yet how many of us focus on that little slice that's. Mm -hmm looking backward, you know, Uh, and the way we can begin to shift our gaze looking forward is to start building resilience. And um, there's some really simple things we can do to build resilience. You know, we, we probably had this misconception that people are either resilient or they're not. And that's not true. It's a skill, just like a lot of other skills. Mm -hmm. How do we even realize that there's a problem because, you know, like I, like we've been saying, yeah. you know, we're, we've been taught be tough, get right. through it, all of those things. Yeah. So how do we know when we need yeah. help? 
just kind of notice what you're noticing. You know, where are your thoughts going? Are your thoughts constantly going to a particular situation, a particular thing in the past? Uh, you know, how are you living? Are you living in the present? Uh, are you looking forward to things or are you, you know, comparing to, well, it used to be like this and it used to be like that. I mean, we, we know people like that, right. Mm -hmm. You know, that they're so caught up in that identity of Mm -hmm. the person who is the widow or the person who lost the job or the person who, you know, and that's who they become. Mm -hmm. Um, And so again, the mindfulness, notice what you're noticing about your thoughts. And as you think something, Notice what feeling you have about that thought, because, Mm -hmm. you know, our thoughts determine our feelings and our feelings determine our actions and our actions determine our results. Mm -hmm. So if if you're not able to because this takes some practice, right, if you're not at first able to discern what your feelings and your thoughts are, look at your results in life. You know, are you engaging in uh, activities with friends and family? Are you involved in your community? Are you uh, doing things that are healthy for you physically? All of those things that are indicators of resilience. Um, Look at the results in your life and then trace it backward to what are those thoughts? Mm -hmm. Well, and, and it really is about our mindset. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, tell me more about how you work with people to really help them. You know, if, if somebody comes to you and says, Sally, I, I can't get over the fact that my company went under, right. You know, what do you tell them? Yeah. So lots there, right. Because it, you know, the, we do have so much of our identity tied into our work mm-hmm. and our careers and our businesses. And so uh, it, we're going to go back to the root causes of what's your sense of identity? Mm-hmm. Where, where do you get your sense of worth? Uh, and it's a series of questions. And those questions are tied into some EFT and some NLT, uh, NLP techniques. And, and one of the main questions is, who are you when you're not doing what you do? Mm. When you're not busy being a parent and a child, mm. a spouse, a partner, a, an employee, mm. a business owner, who are you when you're not doing all right. those things? Well, and, and I'm guessing a lot of times people say, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because we're not taught to ask those kinds of mm-hmm. questions. And yet, you know, I think it was Napoleon Hill who mm-hmm. said the quality of our lives is determined by the quality of the questions we're willing to ask. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be willing to ask those kinds of questions uh, to get to who am I? Who, what are my values? What do I find meaningful and important? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that really doesn't ultimately doesn't have anything to do with what I do in the world. It, mm-hmm. it has to do with the kind of person I am. Mm-hmm. And so when we can reframe our sense of meaning and value and our sense of self-worth, then we begin to have a different perspective on the company that went under. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, we also talked about the fact that so many people are actually thinking, you know, I've been doing X for 10, 15, 20, however many years. And now maybe I should do something different. I mean, you know, I right. think that's been the biggest thing that has happened during the pandemic yes. is so many people said, uh-uh. 
<laughs> you know, so you know, walk yeah. us through some of those changes. And, and I mean, the, the, it's, it's so scary to even be thinking about it, yeah. but knowing I got to do something different. Absolutely. Um, because our, the nature of work appears to be changing and the mm-hmm. way we think about work appears to be changing. And there's mm-hmm. so many people who are like, I'm done with this. I'm going to do my mm-hmm. own thing. And so we we have a totally different sense of economy mm-hmm. uh, and what that means. So again, we're going to start asking questions. Um, it, it, and I get that there is the practical aspect of we got to do what we, we need a paycheck. Do to make we need money. insurance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of those things, you mm-hmm. know, so I get that there are practicalities and, and I've been there, you know, I, uh, spent most of my career in the corporate world, as we said in my bio, and yet there came a time when it was like, I'm starting my own business, and that's scary. I right. I know, so mm-hmm. it's not like I'm just you know up on a, a cloud someplace mm-hmm. and and theorizing. Mm-hmm. I've I've been through it. I do mm-hmm. it. I help people with this, and um, so first we look at the practical aspects of mm-hmm. what are you going to do to pay the rent? Right. And, yeah. And, you know, it's, it mortgage. is one thing to say, Ooh, I need to make a change, but if yeah. you ain't going to eat tonight, that could yeah. be a problem. <laughs> yeah. And, and I heard someone say recently, you know, we, we want to give, we want to be generous, but share from your table, not from your mouth. <laughs> so we got to figure out first what's going into our mouths. Where's that coming from? And then let's look at the other things about it, you know, like Maslow's theory, you know, let's then let's think about fulfillment and what what do I feel called to do in life. So I'm not discounting the practical aspects mm-hmm. of things. And at the same time, I think we do have that capacity to look at what do I really want to do in the world? Mm-hmm. What's my impact? And maybe my impact is you know, being the, the best uh, cashier at the grocery store. Right. That There's nothing wrong with that. Because, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, my mother uh, worked for decades as a school cafeteria manager. Mm-hmm. And I, I, if I may, I'll share a little story. Yes. This was back in, and I grew up in North Carolina in a small mm-hmm. little town. And she worked at a school that was in a low income neighborhood, mm-hmm. to put it nicely. And this was in the days before they had the free breakfast Mm -hmm. and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So one of the teachers brought a little girl in and said, you know, she's late. She's hungry. Mm -hmm. Can you give her something to eat? And so my mother did. She said, well, first, let's wash your hands and face and brush your hair because the little girl was kind of unkempt. Mm -hmm. And so my mother did that and gave her breakfast. Well, the little girl liked it. Mm -hmm. And so she would come in sometimes after that and ask my mother, could you help me wash my face and hands? And could mm-hmm. you help me brush my hair? And, you know, just stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and flash forward decades, mm-hmm. uh, my mother was running the homeless ministry at her church. Mm-hmm. That was her calling, mm-hmm. you know, it was, and a woman came in with some kids and she said, you don't know who I am, do you? And my mother's like, no. So mm-hmm. we all know what the story was. It mm-hmm. was a little girl all mm-hmm. grown up. And she immediately recognized my mother mm. uh, because of the. Impact. She was the kind person to her. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. She remembered, you know, decades later, hey, that lady was in the school cafeteria and she helped me and she gave me food and she washed mm-hmm. my face and hands. And mm-hmm. it, so those kinds of things, we can contribute mm-hmm. 
our impact wherever we are. Right. And so part of it is discovering where is that mm-hmm. place for you. Mm-hmm. And um, as uh, Howard Thurman said, he was a mentor to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Mm-hmm. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Right. And so that's what we're called to do. What is it that makes you come alive? And it's okay, whatever that answer mm-hmm. is. Right. Um, and then go do it. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, maybe you you have to work at the job you're not wild about yeah. because you need money, sure. <laughs> insurance, yeah. all of those things. But you're not doing it, hopefully, 24 hours a day. Right. You know, so if you're called to, you know, minister, okay, then, yeah. then you can do that. You can volunteer. I mean, there's so many other ways that you can be doing things. And sometimes it's just the matter of, you know, we've been talking about mindset. You yeah. know, are you, are you, you know, my mother would love this. Are you saying, please, thank you and smiling? Yeah. You know, some of that just, I, 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 you know, I remember when you, you know, we hear stories about this all the time where somebody, you know, you smile at them, you know, maybe they're the grocery store clerk, maybe they're whoever. And they're like, you were the first person who smiled at me all day. Yeah. 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 I mean, things like that. Mm -hmm. And and we have no clue how it's going to impact people's lives. Like my mother and that little girl who grew up into a woman and immediately knew my mother because of the impact. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so those kinds of things. And that's part of resilience, mm-hmm. uh, contributing to the community, giving back to the community, mm-hmm. building a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, there are four areas of resilience, physical, emotional, mental, and social. And that mm-hmm. social resilience is so important right. uh, to feel part of the community. Mm-hmm. And, and going back to the work thing and people mm-hmm. working from home and things are changing, we've lost a lot of that. Right. Social yeah, I mean the the aspect. social is is yeah. I think it's still hurting. I mean, obviously it was was really concerning when we were in lockdown. You know, yeah. and it it depended there were lots of variables, you know, depending on on where you were, did you have mm-hmm. other conditions, all sorts of things. But, you know, I I I felt and you were you you know, that the children I think were probably one of the biggest ones because to me a, the one of the the most important things for school are the things like band, choir, socialization. Yeah. Um, you know, and and it's great to be able to work from home, but did you know? Do you get your biggest flashes of inspiration when you're standing at the coffee maker with everybody? Yeah. I mean, you know, all of those various things. It's, it's that interaction, and and I just was hearing somebody say that recently, and and Elon Musk had some posts about it. Recently. Oh, oh, he's in trouble. Oh, yeah, he's always in trouble, right? <laughs> And yet, and yet, you know, he he has a very important point, but mm-hmm. because it is that interaction right. with other people mm-hmm. as we share and butt heads, maybe, and you know, come up against things that are going to sharpen our ideas, that are going to spur those ideas, because you never know what it's going to be, right? And if we're working in isolation, we may be more productive in that sense, right. and yet we're missing out on the creativity mm-hmm. part. Right. You know, and, and I understand that people are concerned, you know, about going of back course. into work environments and, and things like that. And they've also discovered, oh, hey, I like this. I, I don't yeah. have that hour commute each way, yeah. especially now with the price of oh, gas, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, all of those things, you know, I love the fact that I go days without putting real shoes on. Yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, 
but and and I do I have not been to an in-person networking event since before the pandemic. I mean, February of 2020 was the last time I went to, to anything in person. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot online. Yeah. But I also recognize how much now granted, I'm a real social person, but I miss seeing people. Yeah. Yeah, that that is a huge factor mm-hmm. for us. And I, I think, it, you know, certainly for children, uh, they're more vulnerable. And, you know, we hear studies and reports about how even their speech is delayed because right. of the lack of interaction. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. when they are interacting, people are masked. And, mm-hmm. you know, th- there are all kinds of things that we're learning now about mm-hmm. the, the lockdowns and the isolation right. in terms of the, the social component. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're social creatures, right? Mm-hmm. We, we want to be in community. Mm-hmm. And we, we've lost that part of resilience, uh, a lot of us, because mm-hmm. we've lost those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Well, and now we have the fear factor that is is in there. Um, you know, uh, going back and putting yourself in, in places like that. You know, I, I went to a, a movie over the weekend. And... You know, it's like, how, how close are people to me? You know, and, and you know, and, and all of those things. And, you know, and, and I, you know, other people are like, no masks, going back into crowds. I mean, all of those are good for them. But, you know, other people, and I think that's the other thing we need to understand is, you know, what is somebody else dealing with? You know, if you, right. you know, they might not be up for the hug and the, the kiss on the cheek and all of those things. Yes. Yes. So how do business owners especially deal with all of this, you know, with their employees? I mean, like, we're talking Elon Musk. I mean, you know, what, what he announced last week was basically you come back into the office or you get another job. And right. it wasn't full-time, part-time hybrid. It was 40, a minimum. I liked it. A minimum yeah. of 40 hours a week. Yeah. You, you spend that in the office or you get another job. Right. You know, Clearly, he's going to lose a boatload of employees. Um, but if you're the boss, I mean, how do you start trying to figure all of this out? Yeah, I, I think it's a, a hard decision, right? Uh, and because people do have fears and concerns and they're legitimate, you know, mm-hmm. and and we can't minimize them. We can't mm-hmm. go, oh, well, what are you worried about? You know, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet for some people, it obviously mm-hmm. is very bad. Right. Um, so the fears, the fears can be very real. Mm-hmm. And um, just like everything else, you know, mm-hmm. we need to understand other people's perspectives, which we're not really good at. <laughs> and that's part of mindset mm-hmm. to be able to understand other people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like, you know, the, the blind man and the elephant, you know. Right. The, yeah. What part are you touching? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Trike tail tusks. They mm-hmm. all defined it in a different way. And they mm-hmm. were all right. And they were also all wrong mm-hmm. uh, because their perceptions were limited and, mm-hmm. and our perceptions are limited. And, mm-hmm. and we can have a greater sense of empathy uh, and a greater sense of resilience when we learn to understand other people's perspectives mm-hmm. about things. And especially the fears and the concerns about health issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember, you know, early in the pandemic, I had come out of, you know, a, a store and had my mask on, you know, and, and 
And, you know, my doctor said, you wear a mask. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> you know, didn't matter what any government entity or whoever was saying. When my doctor said, wear a mask, I wear a mask. Yeah. And so I come out and this man, you know, he, and I'm outside. I just hadn't had a chance to take my mask off yet. Um, mm-hmm. And he looks me up and down and he makes this <laughs> face. And he says, eh, you must be a Democrat. <laughs> and I stopped and my husband's like, oh. and I looked at the man and I said no sir I am a cancer patient and he he literally took a step back and and he said I'm very sorry and I said remember that the next time you are critical to someone yeah I don't know if it made a difference or if he went oh my god that wackadoodle lady but you know it's it really was one of those things that you know it just and and I you know there have been several times where people have still said I can't believe, you know, you've had all your shots. I mm-hmm. can't believe you're still wearing your mask. You know? And, and my and I guess my big thing is if I'm wearing masks, how is that harming you? I mean, you know, that, yeah. that really right. is. And I think that's the thing is we're we're not, you know, we're we need to put ourselves in their shoes. Yeah. But at the same point, it's like really, you know, my mask is not hurting anybody. So right. you know, maybe I'll wear a mask forever. Yeah. And, and I think it's, uh, unfortunately, it has become such a flashpoint and mm-hmm. a trigger right. mm-hmm. for labeling people, you know, without that individual consideration mm-hmm. of what are their circumstances? Mm-hmm. You know, my, um, my daughter-in-law, her mother passed away mm-hmm. a year ago from this whole thing. Oh, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is real and mm-hmm. it, they just had a new baby in mm-hmm. January. So when I was there, I, it, you know, for a time I was wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. My daughter's expecting later this month when I go oh. to mm-hmm. visit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Two babies in a very short mm-hmm. period of time, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm going to be wearing a mask. I'm mm-hmm. sure at some point because health concerns are real mm-hmm. and, and we all have different reasons for health concerns. Uh, and it's, which may or not be, may or may not be, I'm putting this in my little air quotes, right. But it's theirs. Yeah. And, and then who am I to say that anybody else's health concern is legitimate or not? Right. You know, I, I might think really, I mean, you know, like the people I, I had people who told me that, you know, getting the shot, they were microchipping you. Mm-hmm. And, and and I and I looked at the one person who told me that and I said, can I get the app on my phone so I can track my husband? <laughs> <laughs> and which, you know, that was not what they wanted to hear. But right. um, but yeah, it was, you know, I, I don't happen to believe that way, but they do. So, you know, I shouldn't make fun of it and I shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you just can't help I it. I know. And and I really did say, you understand how much your cell phone tracks you, right? Yeah. 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 I don't think they need to microchip us. There are some places who are doing that and, and nothing at all to do with the vaccine is, right. just, mm-hmm. you know, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are a lot, and I'm not minimizing that concern, uh, totally different concerns there, right? About right. privacy and everything mm-hmm. else. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot of other more immediate concerns. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and I, I tell people, you know, it doesn't matter to me if you've had your shots or not. You know, it's that's your choice. I don't care. You had your reasons for it. Doesn't matter to me. Just don't lie to me about it. Right. Because yeah. if you haven't had your shots, I'm just going to keep my distance or keep my mask on or something like that. But I think 
all of that ties into trust. And so how is trust a big part of, of how we're doing all of this? Well, that goes into resilience. And, uh, you know, the, uh, Francis Fry uh, had a fabulous TED talk about trust and the, the triangle of trust. And mm-hmm. she talks about empathy and communication and authenticity. Mm-hmm. And it, when we're not empathizing with other people, uh, you know, to recognize that mm-hmm. they have legitimate health concerns, when we're not communicating truthfully, mm-hmm about their condition, my condition, uh, when we're not being our authentic self, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm just going to pretend that I got something and I didn't really, Mm -hmm. or I'm, you know, secretly, I'm, you know, questioning your judgment about Mm -hmm. your own health situation. When those legs uh, are shaky, Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's no trust. Uh, Mm -hmm. Trust either is absent or it's very broken, right? Mm -hmm. And when there's a lack of trust, it's hard to continue building resilience Mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of resilience has to do with how empathetic are we? How authentic are we? How able are we to communicate with other people Mm -hmm. in an honest and effective way? Right. So, you know, when we're facing all of these challenges, how do we get through it? You know, is there is there a specific technique, especially if we know there's something very specific that's coming up? Yes. Um, you know, how do we deal with things like that? Yeah. So EFT, emotional freedom techniques, mm-hmm. is a fabulous way to do things like that because okay. it can be used in three. I identify three different ways, mm-hmm. uh, categories. It can be remedial in the sense that we're addressing an issue. Uh, It could be preventive that we know a particular situation is coming up and we Mm want to prepare for it. Uh, Or it could be aspirational where, you know, all of those fabulous new characteristics and goals that we want for our lives. And so I I think techniques like that, that really get us uh, centered and focused Mm -hmm. on what's going on internally are absolutely valuable Mm -hmm. for preparing for what may be a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, it's, it, it, I'm, I, I, and I think we're all facing this. So, so that's why I'm curious about it. Yeah. You know, how it, now, you know, we all have the ostrich thing, you know, I'm just right. not going to deal with it. I'm not going to deal with it. Yeah. How, you know, really, how do we, you know, I'm, you know, I've been watching a lot of the, the Queen's Jubilee stuff. So how do we, you know, develop those stiff upper lips? You know, how, how do we really start going forward in a positive, healthy way? I mean, you know, we're not going to be Pollyanna. I've had people who've told me I'm Pollyanna. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but, you know, we, we have to be realistic. So how do we really start working on those skills? Yeah. So I, I think it starts with mindset, skill okay. set. Get off your asset, MSG. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I use that acronym. Mm-hmm. Uh, mindset, as we've said, is not uh, all about thinking happy thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's about gaining a different perspective, understanding okay. that people have a different perspective. It's about um, being able to 
use our thinking skills rather than just having mental activity because thinking is different from mental activity, right? <laughs> it's, it's about being able to focus. Uh, we're so distracted now with so many things, right? Uh, so being able to focus, that's all mindset. And building a positive mindset is going to take skills and skills would include communication skills that I already mentioned. It would include stacking skills so that we have multiple complementary skills, like perhaps meditation is a skill. Uh, mindfulness is a skill. All of those things that are going to help build the mindset that we want to be positive because it is a choice. Ultimately, it's going to be a choice. What mindset do you choose for yourself? Um, are, are you choosing the mindset that is programmed into you, that is assigned to you? Or are you choosing the mindset that you have consciously chosen? And then the third part is skill set to take action. And taking action is a skill set, right? That's the get off your assets part. Uh, how many procrastinators do we have? And sometimes we think that procrastination may be a, a character flaw. It's not. It's a learned behavior and we can learn a different behavior. So take action, take specific steps every day. That's important. It has to be a daily activity to move us in the right direction to develop the skills that will lead to the mindset that we choose. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it is, you know, it, it is easy, like you said, easy to procrastinate, easy to hide um, because we don't want to get hurt. Uh, you know, back to, to the little six-year-old voice. I think a lot of times with the little six-year-old in our head, it's also the adults, especially when we were growing up, right? That we're in our head saying, mm, little girls don't do that. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, what makes you think you can do that? Yeah. All of those various things. And, and I think it's funny when we look at generational too, how we've got those. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm at the tail end of the baby boomer generation and, you know, we really had started, women had started going to college a lot, but I still remember people saying, oh, you're just going to go get your MRS degree. Yeah. And I was like, really? I, and, and even to, I had, you know, in my, oh, I'm like, no. Um, but, you know, I, I would think that that's fascinating from your perspective, just all of the different generational, you know, because like, you know, the baby boomers, we were told you work. You work no matter what. You work yes. until the day you die. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if you like it. You yeah. know, you have responsibilities. Right. And then darned if we didn't raise these millennials who go, <laughs> nah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and then we, we scoff at them. Well, again, we raised them. Um, you know, and, and so how is it working with the different generations? It's really very interesting. And, and I do have uh, broad experience over many generations um, and different concerns at different times of life. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's interesting because we do have those generational programming and patterns. Mm -hmm. uh, we and so we want to address it at multiple levels. So it's it's not just messages that we've given to ourselves. It's messages that we pick up from others, mm -hmm. family, society, mm -hmm. culture, generations, right? Mm -hmm. All of those messages that 
that really are constantly bombarding us about you have to be a certain way and look a certain way and wear certain clothes and own certain cars and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we, again, we go back to that question, uh, you know, who are you? Mm -hmm. Uh, Another question is, is it important to you because you've decided that it's worthy of you, mm-hmm. or is it because somebody told you it should be important to you? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And when when we ask that question, because there's a big difference, big difference right mm-hmm. with that little distinction, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when we ask that question, then we can begin to peel away the layers of that mm-hmm. infinite onion that have been piled on to us and get to the core of what's important to us. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, the big thing is, you know, we really, you know, we, we need to know ourselves. Yes. And we have to have empathy for others. Yes. So now, okay, we know we should do that. It sounds <laughs> so easy. Right? I know. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just, oh, you know, I'm going to, and yeah. okay. How do we start really developing those skills. Yeah. So uh, it, it's, it's a lot of mindfulness and okay. because we, we can deceive ourselves all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've heard of the seven levels deep approach, you know, mm-hmm. just keep asking why, 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 why and be that three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why? Yeah. Uh, that, that annoying little continuing to ask why. And uh, for myself, I know I can deceive myself seven layers deep all day long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. It's it, we need to think of it as a continuing process where we never mm-hmm. really get to the final answer mm-hmm. because it's it's a spiral, you know. And we're gonna as we uncover the layers of that onion, mm-hmm. we're gonna have a deeper understanding. And then when we revisit the issue, we're gonna go, oh, that's mm-hmm. interesting because there's something else there right. that we need to address. And so it really becomes a daily practice, you know, going back to mm-hmm. that, it needs to be a daily system and a mm-hmm. process that we're doing. And we just make it part of our, you know, like we floss our teeth, we do mental floss too, right. um, to really begin to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and things like EFT and NLP are such valuable mm-hmm. tools in the process. Right. Well, oh my gosh, you know, we're, we're almost at the top of the hour. Oh, and wow. so I know it's a time just flies. I mean, it's always amazing. Yeah. So for the people who are going, okay, I need help. <laughs> you yes. know? Or if we kind of want to nudge somebody in your yeah. direction, right? How does somebody find you? And then what are the services that you provide? <laughs> My website is Sally, S-A-L-L-I-E, Wagner.com. You could also find me at intentionallifecoaching.net. Okay. And uh, I offer, as I said, spot treatments. So Mm -hmm. uh, a session or a bundle of sessions of EFT and NLP, Mm -hmm. a combination of those fabulous and very powerful. Mm -hmm. I also offer more formal programs. Um, There's a a bundle of six that would, I call it breakthrough and break free, where we get to a lot of those limiting beliefs and decisions and really eliminate them and begin to look forward in life again. Uh, I have a program that's called Reboot Your Thinking, Mm 
Hmm. how to install and uninstall mind apps. And hmm. then I'm also able to customize approaches for people um, because sometimes, you know, we just want to address a particular issue hmm. and we move on because uh, we're all good. So a variety of ways, uh, nothing is just off the shelf. Uh, it's highly customized and individualized for people. Perfect. I love it. And again, it's Sally, i.e. Yes. Wagner.com and in, intentionallifecoaching.net. Yes. Well, Sally, this really has been absolutely fascinating and, and I can't wait to, to chat again. So we will have to, to stay in touch. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Just give yourself the grace to be where you are. Uh, again, we're in such a an accelerated push with society, you know, to get over things quickly and move on with life. It doesn't happen that way. And give yourself that grace and give yourself the grace of asking for help. I love it. I love it. So cool. So cool. Well, I have been having just an absolutely fabulous time talking with Sally Wagner. Can't wait to do it again. I'm Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.